0: Welcome to the Sweetly Southern Podcast, designed to provide advice and encouragement for couples at all seasons of life. Each week, we'll bring you content intended to help strengthen your foundation for marriage, provide advice for wedding planning, or connect you with a local wedding vendor. I'm your host, Ashley Foy, and I hope to share with you behind-the-scenes tips and insider knowledge from planning your wedding day to growing with your spouse. Engaged to married, there's something for everyone. Hello, friend. Welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. Um, Thank you so much for your patience over the last few weeks. Um, Life kind of happened once 2020 hit, and the best thing I can use to describe everything was the quote by Nora Roberts, in which she was asked how she juggled both being an author and being a mom. And her response was, is that in life, you are juggling so many balls. There's so many things that you have to keep up in the air. Um, It is important to note that some of those balls are made of plastic, and some of those balls are made of glass. And when life gets really, really, really difficult, the main thing is to remember to keep those glass balls in the air, because if a plastic ball drops, it's going to bounce back, but it could be crucial if a glass ball falls. So thank you so much um, for your patience. While um, I spent a lot of time with my little misters over the course of three weeks while we dealt with the flu. (laughs) Um, Winter happened, flu happened, and the flu season did not skip our house, unfortunately. So However, we are all healthy, we are all back and thriving, and I am ready to jump back in to the Sweetly Southern podcast and share with you one of my favorite, um, the initial beginnings to one of my favorite segments on this show. And that is where I will come to you, um, Every once in a while, I'm going to share with you my heart, my passion. Um, for those of you that are familiar with my story, I have a degree in psychology. I once desired, um, many months ago, to become a psychologist or a, a marriage counselor in particular, and um, um, my past kind of led me there. I really saw that there was um, opportunities to help fix miscommunications, what have you. But I was really, really, really drawn to the idea that there are um, reasons why two people put in the same situation would respond completely differently. And I loved it being in college and studying personalities and studying um, various aspects as to what make, makes people different and I am not ashamed to say that as I continued throughout my adulthood um, since college uh, that I continue to look for ways to get to know more about personalities. I am a huge sucker for any type of personality test and um, I wanted to um, I wanted to share my heart, with each of you listening, um, at least once a month, about how you can grow closer to your significant other, those that you have in your life that you love, but basically help ways in which you can grow closer to them. Um, so many, so much of life is made up of misunderstandings, miscommunications, and I honestly believe that the more we know about ourselves. The more that you understand about those that you love, you're able to see past those common misunderstandings and see them from what they what they are and essentially grow closer to one another. And I think that's why we're here is just to love on each other and grow closer to each other. So, So what I wanted today to talk about was ways in which you can learn more about yourself. Um, self-awareness is huge. Um, it's obviously, the probably the main definition of it is the recognition of your responsibility in creating your own reality. And the more that you know about who you are, why you respond the way you do to certain situations, the more you're able to see those negative qualities that lead to arguments and hopefully be able to see those triggers for what they are, recognize them and potentially make a shift in your, your attitude, your, um, perception, and hopefully, hopefully maybe save you an argument or two, or give you an opportunity in which you would have argued with somebody. And instead you had an opportunity to grow closer to them. Um, thus making your life even richer by being surrounded by those that you love. So, What I wanted to talk today about is a couple of tests that you can take in order to gain self-awareness. One of them has been one of my favorite language, favorite, one of them has been one of my favorite personality tests that I probably shouted from the rooftops from the moment I heard about it. Um, And it's been around for a very long time. Um, You've probably heard about it. It's called The Five Love Languages. It's by Gary Chapman. And the idea is that each of us express and feel love in different ways. What um, is most critical or what the, the biggest thing to learn from this or take away from this is that you yourself might not have the same love language that your spouse has. And just like any other language, if you're not speaking the same, you're not communicating. And so you might be pouring so much of your love into your significant other and it's just falling on the floor. Um, Or they might be pouring all that they can into you and it's falling on the floor and you're frustrated. You're both frustrated because you love this person, but you're not feeling loved by them. And that can cause so many um, fights or stress or tension or miscommunications or Whatever you want to have, it could lead to a lot of disagreements, a feeling of inadequacy, um, which just is a long line of triggers for um, emotional disconnect. And so I highly recommend each of you taking the love language test to start to determine which is your personal language and then sitting down together and talk through ways in which you can express love to your significant other in their love language. Um, This is not in Gary Chapman's book, but it is something that I um, picked up and will always remember from premarital counseling when um, the mister and I were getting married, our preacher shared with us that it is very critical to understand your significant other's love language because when they are stressed out, that is when they need it the most. Um, for those of you not familiar, the five love languages are gifts, acts of service, quality time, words of affirmation, and physical touch. And I may have kind of tweaked those <laughs> terms um, off the top of my head, but those are the gist of them. And the idea is that your significant other or and yourself feel love mostly in one of those forms. It doesn't mean that you only take on one form. You could have multiple. Um, For example, I am physical touch and uh, words of affirmation. Um, I kind of actually grew into words of affirmation. I think it's kind of taken over more of um, a presence in my life just due to the circumstances. Maybe it's an adaptation to the circumstances with a um, a diplomat for a husband who travels a lot, um, and so there there's long periods of time in which the only way to express each other is through words, either voicemails, text messages, emails, whatever you have. Um, you can only rely on your words. Obviously, there's other things, but I um, they were never very high on my list. Um, however, in a um, let's just call it dis Discussion over that three-week period in which I was um, constantly surrounded by sick children. Um, uh, We kind of got into a little tiff there. We're going to call it that. And I I do love that he will allow me to express my stress and just take it on without having to imply any type of personal to it and just lets me vent. And then, you know, that's just one of the things I love about him. It's taken a long time for us to get to that point. So, just it we're still trying to achieve that anyways um at the end of it after we had discussed what i needed to talk to him about and the ways that i needed him to um adjust communications uh basically he kind of threw something out there from like left field and it's it's still sitting with me today and it, he asked basically if he thinks that potentially after becoming a mom and after, you know, growing, you know, maybe my in my um, maturing age, if I have evolved to be more of acts of service. And um, he has expressed, focusing mostly on that stress idea, is that he's noticed that he is able, when he is able to do things for me um, when he's home that it allows for my stress level to come down, and thus I'm not as stressed before. I'm not sure if that's a change in love language. I don't know. For those of you that are firm believers in love languages and know about it and are interested in talking about that, I would love to talk more about Do you think that you can evolve over time? Do you think certain circumstances would cause for your love language to shift? Um, I think it's a great idea to to look into and might be something I'm still looking into now, if I'm being honest. Um, the other thing that I think is a great test for people to take um, is Gary Chapman's other book. So most people don't know that, but he did write um, two books. I have more. I'm not saying those are the only ones, but the two that I'm familiar with. And it's called, this next one is called The Five Languages of an Apology, and the idea is that each of us need to hear um, an apology, need to hear an apology in a very specific formula in order for us to, to accept it and, and offer um, forgiveness and to come to some type of a, a resolution. Um, according to Gary Chapman, that the, those five languages are expressing regret Accepting responsibility, making restitution, genuinely repenting, or requesting forgiveness. And just like the five languages, uh, love languages, the idea here is that you guys could be sitting in an argument. Any one of us could be having an argument and could be kind of like at the point where we're like, okay, I'm done. I'm so sorry. Like, you know, um, I'm so sorry. I am stupid for doing that. Will you please forgive me? I think I kind of mentioned a couple of them in there, but ultimately, one of us—maybe you're constant—you express an apology by expressing regret, and your significant other needs to hear you request that they forgive you. Um, so, I highly recommend taking this. It's still one that I've yet to figure out where I fall. Um, it's a harder one for me. I'm still trying to figure it out. And I'm really, really trying to figure out how my husband likes to hear an apology. Um, and so it's something that we're still working through. Um, so as I said, these are just things that I find interesting and I think that you guys might find interesting. They're a passion of mine. Um, and so I want to share them with you, basically opening my heart to you in the hopes that, um, You might be able to grow closer um, to your significant other through any type of advice or encouragement that I have to offer from either my experiences, my readings, um, things I've learned, things that have been shared with me, whatnot. That's my goal. That's my hope. That's my desire, whatever you want to call it. So those are the two tests that I think um, everyone would benefit from at least understanding their own and their significant others. You could even take this to the next level. And if you're trying to um, get closer to a parent, um, a colleague, someone that you just interact with, it doesn't have to be someone that you are um, passionate about or in love with. It could just simply be trying to create positive relationships. So I hope that um, you find interest in those tests. So a couple years ago at this point, I was at a retreat and everyone at this retreat seemed to know something I didn't know. And um, it revolved around a personality test that I had yet to hear about. And it seemed that everyone knew about it. I feel like I was under a rock, had no idea what people were talking about. And all I could think of was, I cannot wait to get back to my room, and to pull out my phone. I had my phone with me, but I just didn't want to be rude right in the middle of this because I knew personality tests took a little bit. So I didn't want, I could not wait to get back to my room to figure out what my type was so that I could, I too could enjoy these conversations that everyone was having around me regarding, um, these personality types. And so I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. Maybe you are, I am now a little bit more familiar with it. And I'm really excited to say that I am taking a seminar, an online seminar um, towards the end of March um, on to learn even more about that. I highly think that this is like the key. And I just, I love it. So anyways, anyways, I'm sorry. I am going to tell you what this test is. Um, it is called an Enneagram. And my mind was blown away when I read this type of personality test. So it is very simple yet very complex. There is so much to learn, and I am just touching the surface right now. I'm really excited about the seminar to dive a little bit deeper into this. Um, I only know a little bit about it, but I know enough to be dangerous, and then also enough to know that this is like a game changer. Um, essentially. From my understanding as it stands now. So there are nine personality types. And these types are regardless of gender. They do not discriminate. Um, there's not any one type that's wholly, uh, fully masculine or fully feminine. Male or female. You just relate on a number. You're either one through nine. Um, and they do not change. Um, people usually... And people usually do not change from one basic personality. I I emphasize basic because the other idea is that we are constantly fluctuating between a state of healthy, average, and unhealthy. And so the idea is that when you are healthy, you take on one type personality type. When you are unhealthy, you look like a completely different personality type. And when I say unhealthy, think mentally unhealthy, not like physically unhealthy. This is when you are stressed. Um, when you are not yourself, a lot of people will say like, well, I was stressed out. I'm really not being myself. That's not who I really am. Um, I, you know, that's, that's not who I am. I don't usually act like that and that it's true. Um, so the idea is that we fluctuate given our circumstances between a healthy, a mental healthy, um, average, just general bottom of the line, and then we sometimes venture into this unhealthy state. And so the nine personality types are the reformer, the helper, the achiever, the individualist, the investigator, the loyalist, the enthusiast, the challenger, and the peacemaker. And it gets really complicated. It kind of looks like a pentagram if you ever see this diagram. Um, So if you're interested in um, learning about your Enneagram, I highly recommend not taking one of the tests. You can, short and sweet if you want to learn about it. Um, But I think it's best if you actually pick up the book, The Road Back to You, An Enneagram Journey to Self-Discovery. This book is eye-opening. It allows you to read all of the nine personality types. And the the core idea behind Enneagram is that it's not pretty. It's not something that you read and go, oh yes, I feel so good about myself after reading that. Um and a lot of personality tests focus on you know positive characteristics about somebody. The Enneagram, how best do I describe this? If you were to read the description of any of the types, whichever one makes you feel like someone has looked deep inside your soul and touched your most hidden feelings that you they really saw into my soul, and like your dark soul. not like, you know, your happy-go-lucky soul. I'm talking about like, you know, what really drives you, um, what drives your emotions, what drives your your ambition, what makes you who you are. And if you cringe when you read it, that's your personality type. <laughs> um, it's 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 so interesting. Um, I have found this to be, very enlightening. Um, The idea is that people see the world and manage their emotions through these filters in which that we see the world. Um, What I love most about this test is that it finally gives me the answer to what I've always been looking for. It allows for me to look at it and explain why people behave in certain ways even if they're in the same exact situation. Um, I honestly believe that this is the best test for you to understand self-awareness. It allows for you to identify triggers that would put you into an unhealthy status and so that you and your significant others can understand that, hey, hold on a second, you're starting to shift What's going on, and you can have conversations, you know, recognize those triggers before they get to a blown-out fight. All I'm saying is the road to self-awareness is going to greatly impact your ability to grow closer to those that you love. Um, These are three tools at your ready, um, and I will link each of those information in the show notes if you um, want to go ahead and kind of dive deeper into those. So, I could talk all day on relationships, and these are probably going to be my longer episodes. Um, but if just to continue on the Enneagram, if you are completely interested in this, um, now, is there a seminar, um, talk to me, I'll let you know about more about this seminar I'm attending um, at the end of March. Um, but then also Instagram is completely flooded with coaches. Yes, you're right. There are coaches out there. There are people out there that make a living. Helping people understand their enneagram type um, and to understand those triggers, so that they can get to know themselves better and to ultimately recognize those triggers sooner, so that they can maintain a healthy status and not venture into an unhealthy status and potentially ruin relationships. Um, so, the, my personal favorite, and I, I'll hopefully I'll maybe at some point when we start talking about this podcast, I'll start to like share some of the. Um, these, these coaches and they, what they, my favorite, what they do is they take a situation and they write out in list form the way in which each of the nine personality types would see and respond to that given situation. It is hilarious because it is so on point. It is like smack in your face. (laughs) what you don't want people to say about you. And you're like, wow, how did you like see my soul and do that? And I just love reading it because it's like, yes, it validates you in the same way that it also um, gives you a way to say, you want to know what? It's fine. This is who I am. And there's ways to fix it. Um, There are other people out there just like me um, that see the world just like I do. And it's refreshing um, to know that you're not in this alone. So I've probably talked way too much on Enneagrams. I hope that you have found this information very useful. What I really want you to take away from this, if nothing more, is that true love isn't the only ingredient to a strong marriage. Um, In order for your relationship to stand the test of time, love alone, though extremely powerful, is not enough to keep a couple together. Um, I once heard someone describe um, a relationship, a marriage, I'm sorry, marriage as the toughest personal development course that you will ever take in your life. And after eight years of marriage, I can definitely tell you that um, marriage is not for the faint of heart. It is the most rewarding relationship you will ever have in your life, Um, but it is also probably the toughest one. And so I hope that this segment at least gave you some tools um they will allow for you to connect with yourself connect with your spouse and hopefully grow closer together talk soon friend until then